Were you in the green room eating M&M's? I was eating nothing. Didn't have any of that um, rotisserie chicken that's in there. I I think we should tell the people that don't aren't familiar with the program that we've this beautiful podcast studio that we are always coming from. Um, <laughs> we have a beautiful lounge with um, mm-hmm. where the guests are greeted by uh, Marianne, our uh, receptionist, and also and then she she goes ahead and gives them a health check. She gives them a health check, <laughs> COVID check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and then leads them into the green room. This is yeah. not yet the studio. And there's where we no. put out our food and treats and Yeah. And then when we're ready, you know, Ben yeah. and I are pow wowing in. in our large studio with it. That's right. Wooden the brass only- furnishings and features and big fat microphones. That's right. Giant the only- headphones. Only thing in the green room is Hennessy. And peanut chews. That's all we provide anyone with. We find people are the best interviewees. They're a little drunk on brandy and have some dark chocolate, you know? <laughs> so that's the way we do it. I don't know how, this is how we do, do it here. It, you know, yeah. it's this is how we do it here. Even though I haven't seen your face besides for a jawbreaker show in, in a couple of years. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brad, let me tell you something funny that happened today. Today? Yeah. Let me hear it. So I'm in a steam room today. Okay. (laughs) That's it. That's funny. (laughs) That's it? You just want to paint you a picture of me in a steam room? It's probably pretty comical. I can't see myself, but yeah, it can't look great. And you know, but I go in there and I'm like, when I'm in a something like that, I'm looking to be quiet. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, I'm just going to think a little. I'm going to breathe. I go into my four, seven, eight breath and I start chilling the nervous system. And I'm, you know, I'm like, all right, I just drank like 60 ounces of water. Let's sweat this, sweat this bitch out, you know, get my everything clean in here. And who steps in, but two, two young fellas mm-hmm. that next to each other, obviously we're working out together. They start talking and I was making a, a mental list in my head just for fun. Within the first 90 seconds of this conversation, I heard these five, all five of these words, okay? I heard bruise, pounding, yak, ripping, and Greek. Uh, (laughs) 90 seconds. Right. It was as if, it was as if I was like casting like two guys in a movie to play two really young Greek frat dudes hanging out in a sauna together. It was bizarre. All the while, I'm like, you guys know I'm sitting right here, right? You can hear all this dumb shit you're saying? You really want me to hear all this? Do you think it's cool? Yeah. I'm like, oh man, what is happening right it now? Is, it is amazing that the older you get, the more you realize that there's literally no such thing as a stereotype. <laughs> I know. There's just types. Stop it. Stop it. Dude, well, tell me I'm I mean, wrong. I mean, you're probably wrong. <laughs> you're probably wrong. There are, is such thing as stereotypes. Uh, okay, I'm not. Get, we're not going down this road, Brad. Okay, but but you're right. Some of them really do add up. Let's <laughs> just <to> say that. <laughs> well, I mean, right off the bat, right? If you're listening to someone who's like, you know, start off the night with one brew, maybe two brew. And I, like, I immediately don't take you seriously. Right. 
Because someone who really drinks a lot of beer just doesn't talk like that. <laughs> you know, it's like how um, <laughs> when you're watching a movie, it's so obvious when an actor who doesn't smoke is trying to smoke. Right. <laughs> you know, they have that like awkward, like finger motion, right. like this weird, like flick where you're like, no, like someone who smokes, you, you don't even see it. Right. Cause it's like this weird natural tick that kind of just happens while right. you're sitting there and yeah, you just, you know, you know, just trying a little too hard, but I guess young people try too hard. So I try to be loose with that. Like I remember when I like, first got my like tattoo in my arm when I was like 17. Sure. Sure. I put my sleeve a little up. Yeah. I wanted people to know I had a tattoo. Yeah, what's like, the yeah, point I got a tattoo. otherwise? Dude. Or like, <laughs> I remember like my, when I was still trying to go to community college, but I was like, Hey, listen, I'm a little different than all you. And I'd literally like, I'm like, all right, what's the perfect song to roll into this parking lot with in, in case someone <laughs> sees me? You know, I'm going to put all my windows down and like blast Converge right. so all these people know right. who I am. All the while, it takes you like another 15 years of living to know nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> Just listen to whatever you want to listen to uh, and whatever volume you want to listen to it. No one cares anyway. So, you know, I wish... This is what we were talking about with Josh, you know? Yes. The, the the lessons you can impart to a younger person like that. Like, you know, they don't care if you're listening to Converge. No one cares. Just enjoy your life. Exactly. You know? Listen to Converge because you want to listen to Converge. And maybe these guys, they came into the steam room, saw someone like me, and they were like, oh, that guy's definitely put back a couple brews. <laughs> Let's say some cool stuff so he'll think we're cool, you know? <laughs> or they, yeah, or they were just trying to like, you know, fuck with you. I <laughs> Or as to, to, to make my point, they didn't even fucking see me, you know? Just some old shit in the corner. They didn't care and they just had a conversation, you know? Like that's probably <laughs> what was actually happening. You know, we're also self-absorbed. We think, we think all this. But it was fun to uh, talk to Josh. Yeah. Uh, known Josh a while. Been into his band a while, um, and recently was listening to to their newest uh, EP, the three songs, and like, fuck, man, School Drugs is good. Yeah, this band's good, really fucking good. And I and I'm, you know, when that happens, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm proud to know Josh. He's doing good work, and he's got Chris Pierce, like one of New Jersey's finest. You know, and he's literally got a member of Doc Hopper in his band, which. Is badass um so no i'm like just so stoked uh for josh and the band and i love um really like the way they and he are presenting it you know the aesthetic of it like all of it just feels so cool and so right on for like right now it's just it's what the hardcore scene needs and i'm happy they're around um playing some good shows coming up they're playing the famous black and Bull Bowl. So if you feel like seeing school drugs with sick of it all and agnostic front and mad ball and shut down and, you know, every New York hardcore band ever, they're playing that. Uh, and also doing, uh, as in nine shows with good riddance and uh war on women. Nice. Got a uh, start in May 13th. We got Brooklyn, Asbury park, Pittsburgh, Covington, Kentucky, Chicago. What's ham track? Michigan, probably I don't know that one. 
London, Ontario, Toronto, and Montreal. Old oh. Puzo Fest. So that's a good tour. Warren Women's a great group too. Uh, also featured on the Going Off Track program. <laughs> it sounds like a fun tour for sure, man. I'd see yeah, that that'll show. be a great tour for sure. So I uh, highly recommend all listen to School Drugs and get on Josh a little about maybe maybe cutting his hair or at least like washing it, getting it thinned out, something. I mean, it's it's an animal of a haircut right now. It really looks like a just like taxidermy or something. I don't know what's going on up there. But, uh, you know, we'll work it out. And God, did you expect that pivot at the end? No. Because I sure didn't, Brad. <laughs> I did not think we were going to get into Parrot Heads and Jimmy Buffett, that was... which, is, which is a world that fascinates me anyway. So I did not expect Josh to be a resource <laughs> in this arena. And he sure was. He knew more about this than anyone I've ever met. So, um, yeah, that was a nice, unexpected going off track turn. Absolutely. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. We we talked a lot. So you want to you wanna play the train? Here, let me just let me hit the play button. Sibilance. 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 Yeah, you should probably say piss. Piss. Because then you get the pa and you get the piss. If you weren't doing numbers, like, I wonder if anyone's ever studied, like, what is the optimal mic checking word that covers all bases in one word? Piss sounds pretty good. Piss. So what, what about piss? You need the p and you need this. Yeah, yeah. You get the, p, the pop. Although so nothing in one, two, three, four has that. Well, you got the t, t and two. <laughs> I used to sing the alphabet because I couldn't think of anything else to sing. And like, I thought this is what I'm going to be doing is singing. So I should probably do that during sound check. Yeah. Josh, what's your go-to mic check? Do you just count numbers? I generally scream as loud as I can because I figure mm. that's kind of what what's it's going to be. <laughs> I do have the absolute best drum check song, though. Oh, what's that? The uh, what that fucking Nirvana song that's like in bloom. Yeah, in bloom is like the best drum check song because it checks everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I was actually just jamming that song the other day. And I almost tweeted about it, but then I didn't because every time I like 
tweet, I lose part of my soul. So I just <laughs> kept it inside of myself, and I'm glad I have this arena to talk about it. But it's so strange. I, you know, I know that whole record front to back. I've known it front to back for a lot of years. But there has never been a point where I haven't had to relearn the chorus to In Bloom every single time. For some mm. reason, it tri- it trips me up. The no, no, what it means. You got to start the fill in the left hand and hit the, the, the crash with your right or you're going to mess yourself up. It's like a black dog kind of thing, you know? Mm. Yeah, I guess it comes in on like, it doesn't come in on like a, like an it even. Jumps in. Yeah, yeah, it jumps yeah. in. He jumps you. And you're like, oh, I, th- I thought I was just rocking out. Now I have to think a little bit, you know? Like if you slow down, smells like Teen Spirit too. There's a lot more going on in that kick pattern than most cover bands would would care for you to know. You know, I, I still don't know what the fucking intro is. Patipa, 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 tit. Like, I don't. Did you hear know. that interview with Grohl where he said that he uh, was exactly where he took it from? I think he was doing an interview with Pharrell, and he he talked about stealing that exact intro from like an old soul song, uh, like a pretty famous one. And then they played it and they beat it. And it was like spot on. Um, Thinking about it, I, I know exactly what you mean with the uh, kick. It's like, it's like, like there's way more kick hits. I feel like in that song. Yeah. Just like, do you know what I love about this? Josh is Brad uh, was like, Oh cool. We're getting like a singer in here. <laughs> doesn't know you. Doesn't know you're a secret drummer. What's up, secret secret drummer? drummer. <laughs> you got to get Pierce out front for a song. You ever done a school drug switch around the switcheroo? We've never With done Pierce the switcheroo. Things? No, never did the old switcheroo. Maybe try it. Oh, hi, Josh. <laughs> hi. How are you? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good, thanks. I'm looking at two geese right now. I don't know if. I know you listen to the program sometimes. There's been a long-running geese uh, saga going on that I still haven't solved. Chuck Reagan told me to make goose jerky, which I don't want to do, um, and all the other methods I've been trying. They, they, they don't care for it. I think the, the male is, is the alpha around here. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. Have How's you considered a- just like going out there and like kicking one of them? Dude, I go like just like so not fo- not because you want to hurt it, but just to assert your dominance over said you know, geese. I well, I told Chuck after Chuck told me to make jerky, I texted him the next day saying I threw a rock <laughs> and I hit one of them in the butt, <laughs> and it just made me feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the goose just looked at me like, "Yo, for real?" Um, <laughs> but Dick. the thing is. Like, yeah, kind of like, yo, come on, guy. Like, like, don't hit the neck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I have done that various times where I've gotten super close and I scare. I literally was running out there last year with a fucking cowbell and stuff, figuring <laughs> oh, one clang of a cowbell. These fuckers aren't coming back. Literally, they'll come back like 90 seconds later and go even closer than before. They are they kind of have like a sort of gangster thing going on where I think, you know, I get the feeling now the geese that live here, my wife and I are starting to, we think they're like upper crust geese, you know, cause they basically like, <laughs> they got this geese. spot. Yeah. They got this spot to themselves. 
You know, so they're like some old school like landowners who are just like, yeah, we've been here forever. They fight other geese when they try to come. They're like, we're raising our kids here in this private land. And and I think they're willing to, you know, to fight for, for their liberty. And, and I think I'm included in this fight. Though. For like, Canadian not- geese, they sound pretty fucking American to me. <laughs> Listen, remember, the Canadians burnt down the White House. Never forget, you know, if given the chance. Benny, come. I, I have to, I think the cowbell thing could work, but you probably were playing it in time. Oh, you think? Yes, yeah. yeah, so they were just out there grooving. <laughs> just, yeah. You, you got to play like, it like. Yeah, it's like Blue Oyster Cow, yeah, you brother. Gotta fuck up, you got to fuck up the rhythm. So that it's, uh, it's, on the bright side, it's, you may not have deterred the geese, but on the bright side, you may have deterred all of your neighbors from ever talking to you again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the cowbell. I told, I told one of my neighbors that I'm going to be playing here, and he told me, Oh, I'm too old to hear you anyway. I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. What a dude. Um, <laughs> so how's your uh, pandemic been? You having a nice pandemic? I mean, it's it's the best one so far. <laughs> best one yet. <laughs> What's made this the best pandemic as, as far as the other pandemics that you've been through? That was the first one I've been alive for. The yeah. first one I've enjoyed i guess but how you been holding up through all this like i know you know you're a musician and someone in the you know live music industry so you had a a proper fucking shutdown like how are you uh how are you holding up through all this you know doing fine like it was it was weird for a while especially when the summer came around and there wasn't anything happening really and like or or when when it was and then you go to work and expect like there's still like a 50-50 chance that this show is just going to get shut down after we set everything the fuck up and like that happened a couple times last summer that uh we set a whole fucking show up and then someone got corona and then inevitably have to take everything down i won't say what show got shut down last summer due to corona but everything was so set up that Basically, the uh, opening band had time to walk up on stage, set their drums down, pick them up, and then walk off the other side of the stage. Like, that's how far into the day oh, that it yeah. got, that the show got shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all this, like, looming anxiety all the time that even when it's going, it might not be going. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. What do you... um? like doing in the uh in the off time like what what are your ways of using your free time and trying trying to stay stay positive when you can't do work or do music got way 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 more into graphic design so being inside having nothing else to do not being able to go see anybody I get to do the solitary act of looking at my computer screen and do yeah. something minor, slightly productive. Sure. Um, you've been getting like a, a lot of design work. Like, like what kind of stuff are you doing for that? Like a lot of admat stuff between school drugs stuff and other bands and whoever needs it. Um, do you enjoy that stuff? Love it. Did you go to school or anything? Or are you like self, self-trained graphic designer? Completely self-taught like out of just necessity for 
it's cheaper for me to learn how to do everything and uh, make right. something on Photoshop than it is for me to either pay somebody or yeah. uh, have them give it back to me and me not like it. Sure. You know, and like me being picky me uh, is just easier to learn how to do everything myself. And then I was like, oh, I actually kind of like doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that being said, you know, I'm not sure people know, but you're like, you're like the dude in school drugs. You're like every band's dude. got a guy. You're like, well, yeah, but this one, you're even like the the guy because not every band like delivers his band songs. You know, like with right. all the instruments played and stuff. Like you actually know how to do that, and you know how to graphic design and and you know put together the aesthetic for the group and stuff like that. So. I mean, you seem to have a real, like, you know, clear vision and ambition for that kind of stuff. Like, was that, were you shooting for that when you, when you started the project? Like, did you hit any kind of point where you, you actually wanted like that level of, I mean, I dare to say control, but I guess it is, you know? I think Chris put it best one day. He said that bands work best as a dictatorship, not a democracy. Yeah. And I never, I mean, I never thought of it that way. It was just like, same thing. It's easier for me to do everything and get one singular idea across than it is to like walk around and take opinions on every single little thing when I know exactly what something should or should not be. That's not to say that like someone comes with an opinion and I'm like, no, that's not my idea. So it's fucking stupid, and you should yeah, shut yeah, up. Yeah. Like, no, it's you're just, out it's, of the vision, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just here's here's the thing. If there's objections or like anybody wants to talk about, it, clearly we have a discussion and uh, go over it. But um, I never set out for it to be like that. It just sort of happened over time. Hmm. And did you like? Uh, did there ever come a point where you almost had to be like, no, 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 like I, I just want to keep doing all this by myself or was that just sort of assumed the whole time? Like how did you even put a band together like kind of with that in mind? I mean, I've never made any, nothing's ever ever been twisted with like anybody that's ever joined. It's kind of right, like, right. Lay, like lay it out beforehand so that there isn't an issue. Like, Hey, here's like, here's what we do. This is what, this is how this runs. If, if you're not into that, like, that's totally cool. No one's going to talk shit. No one's going to be upset. Right. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. That's fine. But if you're okay with that, like that's, that's how this goes. Sure. So it's basically like, hello, I'm Prince and welcome to Paisley Park. (laughs) (laughs) You went like a little bit like that. In, in, in like some way, um, yeah, yeah. the more I say this out loud, loud the worse I feel. <laughs> no, no, listen, because I agree with peers and, and Brad and I have talked about this a lot. Like the very, very unique and rare times you see these like full band democracies. It's really like, it's an anomaly, you know, like, and, and even inside of those, uh, you know, portrayed democracies, there's still usually somebody with a final say. Like, um, because you are talking about, like, artists and musicians and collaboration and, like, 
I think people need to think of it more as like a, a creative director rather than like a boss. Like right. any creative project as yeah, someone who sits totally on the agree. top and kind of just like filters all the ideas and all the stuff. And it's, it's intense and there's a lot. And if you have creative, thoughtful people, it can get super muddled. So I think Pierce, you know, in his vast experience, uh, being in, in and around bands kind of nailed that one. Um, I think the only ones who can pull it off are from Canada. <laughs> that's what, that's what the Arizona. Menzingers, the Menzingers and Canadians. But even Arizonans, it's different. They're not real democracies. There's just someone in a band that is so nice. <laughs> they like don't tell anybody that they do everything. I, you know what I mean? Well, like Jim Atkins and Jimmy World. Like that's the dude. Right. You yeah. know, like that's the dude, but he's just like so nice. He's not going to tell the world he's the dude, you know? Yeah. Like when I hear about a band that's like, it happens all the time where it's like, oh, we, we have this like demo or we have this seven inch coming out. And, and it's like, you keep hearing about, you know, your friend's band <laughs> seven inch or your friend's right, band's right. demo. It's coming out, it's coming out, it's coming out. And inevitably it winds up being like, Oh, it never came out. Why? Oh, because we couldn't decide what the artwork was. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, uh-huh. dude, dude uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what happened. Uh, yes. I know. I After know. all yeah. that, like you just couldn't decide on a fucking picture to put on the front of the thing. Yeah. Right. Right. And it's worse when the problem is like two people in the band have wildly different ideas of what the music represents or what it should look like or what it is like one person is you know it's it sounds like uh integrity and then the other person's like no no it sounds like black flag and you're like what what what? no (laughs) yeah right is it like a modern and a retro and it just doesn't like yeah how do you get that and how do you get that from this and uh, and then if you have that there then you have like oh do we have a burning skull on our cover are we all like drunk on a couch like very different aesthetics for these groups yeah (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah, it's huge. So what, like, let's say hypothetically, like, we're a young band. Like, say tomorrow you're just sitting with, like, four, like, 14-year-olds starting a group. Are you going to be like, hey, you, you're the boss. Tell these kids, like, like, what do you tell those kids in how to run a functional band, like, right off the bat? It's, I mean, it's, it's about who wants to. You know, like, like anything else, if you don't want to, it's not going to fucking work. Inevitably, you're going to get lazy or you're going to let shit slide. You're going to let shit go. And it's just going to turn into, you know, nothing or maybe someone else in the band will pick it up and and move with it. But I mean, first and foremost, is just that you got to want it. You have to want to be the guy kind of. Well, there is. I mean, they're always. That's the thing. That's the thing about it. There is the guy. I was the guy making phone calls and trying to figure out like who are good producers. And you know, the fucking drummer showed up. That was it. So we had a democracy, and it fucking sucked because I spent years busting my ass, you know, until we got signed, and then all of a sudden we're a fucking democracy, and like. Ugh. But but, yeah, but you're and, the and, guy. You're and probably, you don't work well with others. You, you know? Josh, spent the early days of the band probably busting your ass, and that's why you know how to do the fucking graphics and like all this 
non-music stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's just you fall into it. And then if the other folks want to want to step up, like it's, you know, it's either too late or they, they you know, they needed to step up when, they, when it was when the going was tough, you know. Not yeah, now. there's like anti-drummer sentiment. I always have to I had to say drummer. I was going to say bass player and then Every I thought time. about it. I'm like, nah, Every drummer. <laughs> Every time we get into this. I mean, there's there's so much knowledge that, that you wind up learning, like trying to be the guy. And then, right. yeah, at some point, like you've learned all this stuff. And if somebody does try to step up and be like, oh, I want to start doing this thing or that thing. It's like, yeah. okay, well, here's a here's like what I do, by the way. Here's all the shit that you don't see that happens. <laughs> Right. Like day to day. Here's like yeah. emails and fucking calls and texts and like whatever else and ad mat and art and blah, 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 blah over. And then usually the person will wind up looking at that and go, eh. no, never mind. <laughs> I'm good. I'll keep playing guitar. Right. <laughs> See, this is where it's hard because I was also the guy in like a lot of my bands, most of my bands up until Gaslight. And the, the thing that's hard about this, it's almost like, like I used to be a camp counselor, right, in the summer. And one of the reasons I was a good camp counselor and I actually enjoyed my life was the fact that I realized I was a fucking camp counselor. And I didn't talk to these kids like their parents or a teacher mm-hmm. because they know they're smart enough. Mm. They're like, oh, you're a camp counselor. Like, you know, back up here, pal. Like, there's only so much you should be doing. So I made sure no one died. I made sure we had fun and really give a shit. And it was kind of fun. Now, the thing about being a drummer who runs everything is like the world views you as a camp counselor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, regardless if you're the man or not, like, like the world is viewing you as a camp counselor. So if you're the drummer, like advancing a show and you start walking into offices, they're like, they're, they're automatically like treating you one step below. It's a lot easier to be the man or be the right. powerhouse when you're like the singer because this is just like a strange, maybe not. That's probably strange, a thing that's just, assumed. It's just like a pecking order to this business, and I think a lot of drummers who do run the show and stuff find themselves like bashing their head up against the wall or looking like an asshole, like Lars Ulrich or something. You know, like like yeah. that guy runs the band. No one gives a shit. They're like, shut up, Lars. That band would have died after uh, Cliff Burton died if it wasn't for that guy. And it was like, shut the fuck up, Lars. Yeah. You know, just because like he's not. And they want. And James Hetfield is just like, it's kind of like burnout California, dude. The band would have gone nowhere. Just would have been the most talented dude at like a metal bar somewhere. But, but you also, you know, so it's like fighting an uphill battle. And that's why eventually at a certain point, I think, a lot of maybe drummers and bass players and stuff like myself are just like, yeah, well, you know what? Someone else take me for a fucking ride, okay? Mm. I'm not going to get the credit anyway, so someone else take all the bullshit too, you know? Oh, I wouldn't do this again. <laughs> I would never do this again. This is the fucking worst idea I've ever had. <laughs> I like, meant to ask you that. Like, is it is it a lot of pressure for you? Like, do you feel pressure? Like, where you have to live up to like a bar you set or you have to like um you know almost earn the dedication of the 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 people in your band no it's like yeah it just it's just the thing that i do you know i just i just do it and like 
I've, I've always told everybody, like, I don't need anyone to, you know, suck my dick over the fucking shit that I, that I do that is not just playing the show and, and doing things that they see. But, like, right. just don't ever make me feel like an asshole for fucking doing it. Yeah, sure. You know, now, like... Is that, is that actually communicated? Like... Oh, yeah, I've said that to everybody. Like... Yeah. You know, if, if, something, is, if something is happening, just don't make me feel like an asshole for, like, the time that I spent doing a thing. Right, right. You know, oh, I don't sure. like that routing. I don't want to go to that, that place or that place. It's like, yeah, well, you don't know what's happening after that. You don't know right. like what's going into. Yeah. Going you to missed A, B, C, and D. So don't, right. don't comment on E. Now, like, of course, when there are legitimate concerns, it's a whole nother thing, but that just like, Ooh, like I don't want to like, just, just go. There's a reason. Everything has a fucking reason. Just go along yeah, with it. Yeah. I promise mm-hmm. it'll, it'll make itself evident at some point. See, I think the trick to what you're saying is like the communication part of it. You know, absolutely. Because, like, if you didn't say those words, then you would just get mad. People wouldn't know why you're mad, you know. And then <laughs> it starts this whole like trickle down of you know emotions and confusion. But if it's just like laid out like that, that's a very reasonable thing to say, and a reasonable person should go, "Oh, okay, you know that makes sense." So, I mean, I think so much of this is like again not to invoke the you know the holy Metallica again, but. <laughs> we can all learn something from them. It's it's like, Scott, you got to talk. You got to talk to your people, you know, and get it out there in the open, even as corny as it is. Um, speaking of that, with uh, our friends Metallica, who made uh, bands going to therapy famous. Uh, Watched it recently. <laughs> yeah, classic. Listen, I never have made fun of that at all. I respect it. We could do a whole podcast on on that, uh, those psychology sessions and the beautiful snare drum work. But like watching that, when, when someone that's not in a band watches that, it's like, oh my God, look at these lunatics. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I know. But being in a band, you watch and you're like, oh my God. Well, that's one of the reasons I think they're so brave in a way is because like, you know how it is. I gave up 20 years ago trying to talk about tour at home. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, cause, cause you just sound like a fucking jerk off regardless. Like, like, yes. I, if I go home to a bar in New Brunswick, sure. I just spent the last three weeks with Matt Skiba. That's not coming out yeah. of my mouth at this bar. Cause there's no way to not sound like a jerk doing yeah. that. And that, that's the one thing about the Metallica thing I appreciate is like, it wasn't only just going to therapy. It was, it was filming it. And then watching it and then allowing it to come out. It's not like they just Mm. came out cold. They like let themselves look like assholes to kind of make a point. And I think it's a very like strong point, you know? Um, I really feel like the spiritual successor to that too is the, uh, the Beatles documentary that just recently came out. Oh, how so? Like, you watch Metallica practice and get together and argue and fight and the whole fucking nine. And you're like in a band and you're like, Oh my God, they're just like me. (laughs) They're they're just like me and my jerk off friends. And then you watch the Beatles documentary and it's the exact same fucking thing. Like I can't believe the Beatles make stupid jokes at their own songs. Like (laughs) we do. Right. 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 
or like every band that's ever existed, there's just one really talented, awkward dude who doesn't know how to talk to anybody. Right. You know, like, like, yeah, that that's true. That's a good point. Maybe I love that. We just made the argument that the Metallica Metallica knocked down doors for the Beatles, <laughs> you know, Metallica that's, walks that's, so the Beatles could run. That's it. <laughs> I didn't expect that one, but I brought all that up. Cause you, you've recently, uh, taken on uh, therapy for yourself, right? And, you know, been happy to to talk about it and talk about, you know, mental struggles and suicide prevention and stuff like that. So what, what uh, you know, what brought you to finally, you know, turn the corner and start going? And why did you decide to um, really be kind of upfront and public about it? I think there being like there's like a there's a certain stigma that happens even in trying to prevent a stigma mm, like yeah, right like there's still a lot of people out there who have that idea of like no it's totally okay to go to therapy it's it's really awesome it's really great and i totally encourage it i would never do it Cause I don't, I don't, I don't think I need that, but it's really, I think it's really great for anybody else. And Hmm. my whole entire point is you don't just go to the doctor when you're fucking dying. (laughs) Right. Like you, you don't have to be suicidal to go to therapy. Mm. Sure. 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 You can be having a, a rough time and go. If you have the means, I think anybody should go and everybody should go. It's an interesting way to look at Just it. It's like, it's like, yeah, like if your back was nagging you for a month or so, like you'd be like, ah, I should probably go get this looked at, you know? Like, right, you, even, you, even though it's not fatal, it's not, yeah. It's, exactly. It's this, it, I think it's the same thing. Like you, you don't need to be on the verge of, of killing yourself or something drastic to go to therapy. And in reality, if you're at that point, it might be, you might've missed your chance to functionally do a lot of types of therapy anyway. Right. Like, like sure, leading up sure. to that point, you know? Yeah. Like, and why put yourself through that to that point? Sure. If again, if you have the means and you, you can do it, I think anybody should. For me, I waited till a really, really, really dark fucked up time to go. And I should have, I should have gone way way fucking before that i should have started way way earlier than i did what kind of like day-to-day was going on that you really were you able to make yourself aware of it or did someone else have to a little bit of both definitely a little bit of both like i I probably realized like waking up getting out of bed just so you can go lay down on the couch so you can wait until it's time to go to bed again and then just doing that over and over is not like a good or healthy way to live your life. Yeah, right. And I had that going on for much longer than I should have let it go on. And I heard you mention it was interesting, like a lot of people like, oh, you know, you're a musician, you're a singer, you're in a band called School Drugs, you're supposed to be like you know, dark and broody or something, you know, but you made that simple point where it's like, I can't, I can't be the singer in a band if I can't get out of bed. 
Yeah. Like, like I can't be a performer, you know, like, and I think people don't realize like, uh, maybe what real depression can be and how it can be, you know, not only like mentally crippling, but kind of like physically crippling. Like when you're really put out to that point, it's not just like sitting at the cafe and like exploring your inner demons and some healthy and productive way. Right. Yeah. I have, I have very little fucking taste for that entire that that whole fucking idea of like the brooding dark tortured artist yeah like are there people out there like that who think and can function that way sure i guess i'm not that person nor should would i ever pretend to be that person nor should i think that anyone else should pretend to be that person because holy fuck is it tired yeah i mean i feel like we're not far away we're like i feel like we're still really close to that model like, uh, I even, I just, um, Brian, It'll I always be romantic. I get it, but yeah. And, and, and even I suffer from it, you know, sometimes where I'm like, like, do I take this happy person's journey as seriously for some reason? Like there's like a public conception, I guess that, uh, like a happy person doesn't struggle as much or, or maybe isn't even aware of like the problems that are going on, you know? Um, right. Well, when I mean, you, ra- talk to, you talk to Gethard and I'm sure you've heard his whole thing about going to uh, get help and, and starting to take uh, medication and everything. And he, his whole thing was like, should I take it? Like, I'm not going to be funny anymore, this and that. And then right. started getting on like a regimen and realized like, oh, holy fuck, I can actually like think straight now. Yeah, right. And you're more productive. Yeah, I know the... You know, like, yeah, the Jeff Tweedy book made that point too. Um, you know, from Wilco, where he he's kind of like making the point that I can't I can't create my art from the place I used to create it from because like I'm an adult who wants to enjoy their life and enjoy their like family and not like sit in a room for three days and do drugs just to like write a song. Like it's not um, cohesive with a with like a functional adult life, you know. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're doing it. So how long have you been doing it? Um, I believe it's been probably like maybe like half a year or so, maybe maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less, somewhere around there. Awesome. And what's um, like the most uh kind of tangible, you know, um positive, you know, feeling you've been able to like bring into the world from it? I mean, it's, it's just, it's not, even when I have like nothing particularly bad going on that week, it's, uh, it's always good, feels good to be able to bring something up to like a neutral third party. You know, like your friends always kind of have your side and someone who doesn't like you is going to have the opposite effect. But when you talk to like a neutral third party, it's like they don't know any of the people that you're talking about or anyone that's involved. Right. right. So you can always kind of, air your bullshit out in like a, in a vacuum sort of. Yeah. You know, they're not um, like rooting for anyone secretly. Right, and anything. then yeah. give you constructive feedback as to what would help you through whatever you're going through. So for me, like explaining to in therapy, like why I can't get stuff done sometimes, why I can't like get, anything finished, you know, mm. like a, 
being like a 90 percenter, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And my therapist giving me like mechanisms and ways to cope and deal with that kind of, kind of shit. Like you should start making lists and you should start like, it seems that like visual is, is better for you than, than anything else. So if you can like physically write things down and like visualize tasks getting done. So I started Mm. doing things like that to actually get stuff done. Like, okay, I need to do, you know, merch box, got to fucking organize that, uh, pack these records up, pack these orders up. Like, and it's all stuff that seems like, yeah, duh. Like anybody, I could have told you they need to make fucking lists. Yeah, but, that, but that's <laughs> easy to lose track of that. Yeah, it's just the way different minds work. Yeah, I don't know. So maybe something about a professional telling me to do it is is uh, better, <laughs> worked better. No, no. I mean, listen, like they're functional tools. That's what you're supposed to be getting from it, right? So you're not sitting in. I mean, I guess you can go to therapy forever, but. I guess there's an upside that like if you can get to the point that you don't need therapy once a week, you have like all these tools in your bag and you know exactly how you're going to react and stuff like that. You know, that's the ultimate goal. So if you can come home with things that are working, that's, that's even better, you know? Yeah. Then you hit like a point of just kind of maintenance after that. Right. Right. Like I, I should almost definitely be in therapy. Actively. Like I said, I, I think anybody that, that, can afford it should. I mean, fuck, if you've got healthcare and it and it's covered, like just do it. Bad healthcare. I'm afraid. I'm afraid, <laughs> I'm afraid what the copay is. How about oh, maybe yeah. you can do it, Josh? You see you got six months in the can. You wanna talk to me <laughs> once a week? <laughs> you got six months on the couch. You can turn around now. This huh? is Benny Benny thinks this podcast is his therapy. And exactly. That's what I was, I was gonna say. Inevitably yeah. it's just gonna wind up being both of us complaining about being in bands. It is my therapy. This is it definitely is. my therapy. I, I like so many of my questions are baited in a way that's like, I have this problem. Do you have it too? Maybe? <laughs> like that's like half the shit I ask on here. <laughs> so you gotta catch me in the right mood, you know, perfect amount of coffee. Um no, that's good. I'm glad you're doing well, Josh. Um, I appreciate in that it. in that way. Uh, so let's switch a little to um, streaming because you have a good one, and it's a very Thanks. varied one. You can tell you can tell the students of the scream when you're a hardcore fan, like someone who 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 knows you have to. You got to go low. You got to go high. You got to put some melody in. You got to like make it versatile versatile enough to to sit through a song. So yeah. to you, like what makes a great scream? It's the tone. It's the quality. Right. You know, there has to be melody in it. There's, there should be melody there. There could, there should be melody in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like everybody has it too. It's like finding where it exists in your body. Right. That's not just you talking really loud. Right, right, Because there's definitely, there's a difference there too. Is there like a primal moment in life that people find their like most natural scream? Like, like a Monsters Inc. kind of moment where like, you're like, (laughs) oh, that's my scream. Or do you have to find it like your singing voice? I'm sure there's, there's been someone that was like, just yelling at some guy in traffic. I was like, oh, there it is. I got it. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I, I got it. track three, finally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> hey, Chuck. Chuck, it's your cousin, Marvin. <laughs> you know new screen you're looking for? <laughs> well, listen to this. Listen to this. There's just some guy yelling in traffic. Yeah, yeah. Douchebag! <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if where I found that in my voice. I feel like it's like just singing too. You just do it and push it, and you go like tune it, fine tune it, and go like, okay, that's where it is. Got yeah, it. yeah. How do, and now how do I do this without hurting myself too? Right, right. What well, what are what are the some tricks you found for that? If the PA is not loud enough, just don't fucking do it. Just don't sing. It's okay. If they can't hear you anyway, don't push through it. Yeah. You're just oh, going to fuck okay. your shit up. That's true. That's, that's you know, a like, really good tip for younger bands, actually. That happened the other day. I, I was, like, we were playing a show, and I was like, I can't hear, I can't hear myself, like, through the PA, so why am I going to try to, like, scream louder and push it more, and yeah. then I'm just going to blow my voice out for it tomorrow? And they're still not going to hear you. It's basic. Physics. Yeah, and it's not going to exactly. Yeah. I'm not turning the volume up. <laughs> right, right. I'm just, I'm just wrecking my throat more. Yeah, yeah. That's a good tip because I've seen a lot of people blow out their voices doing just that. Yeah. Oh, and then you do the classic uh, tapping on the microphone, like, "Oh, it's not working. It's what? Yeah. What's going yeah. on? The microphone's you not. You guys hear me? You oh, 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 got it. Yeah. Got it. No, yeah. it's better. It's better. And then someone who doesn't know how to work the PA fucks with it and you inevitably get some crazy feedback the next time you try to talk you can't there's no win there's no winning in that in that scenario um yeah when you're in that basement setting like just don't do it gotta go for it who who is the current best screamer out there and who's your all-time personal favorite um i'm going i'm going not hardcore Ooh. I'm going like borderline. I'm going Skycore. Go on. Uh, there's a band from New Orleans called Joystick. Another Joystick, not NJ Joystick. Okay. No, no. Uh, there was an NJ Joystick. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like there's, a, there's one from Japan too, but I, I could be wrong about that. Anyway, uh, the singer of that band, and Joystick sounds like his old band to a certain degree, but he was in this band called Detonate from Texas. Okay. And that dude just has like the coolest quality to his scream and his voice. Oh, that's a, that's a nice deep cut. Now I got something to look up. Thanks. Yeah. Joystick fucking rules. So that's and the then, current favorite. Okay. I mean, the, I, we, we all know what the answer is. We're all, you know, it's it's HR like <laughs> yeah. it's everywhere it's it's fucking my I've based everything that I've ever done vocally off of something that someone once said about HR yeah which yeah, is yeah. someone so I heard once heard someone describe his vocal style as vocal gymnastics and I was like wow. that's the coolest thing I've ever heard sure. I've longed for the day that someone would describe my voice like that <laughs> it's true like the the tree that runs off HR is vast. Like he's pretty much the root bulb. It's and good, what's interesting too yeah. about the, the branching paths of it is that people can pick and choose what parts of HR's voice they're like yeah, aping. Right. The low voice, the, the super high voice, the, uh, the particular like timbre of it. Like 
mm-hmm. you can find different people all, like everywhere and go like oh and like pick and sh- and pick out like who's doing what off of uh, HR as the primordial soup. Yeah, that's a great answer. I just recently, I think I even sent it to Brad. I just stumbled across a Bad Brains gig oh, yeah. from 82 at CB's. And uh, one thing that stood out to me, you know, I've gotten, I'm a pretty big Turnstile fan, good group. Um, I, I, for some reason, I don't want to even ask you if you like them or not, because I have a weird feeling you don't. Uh, that's a, that's a, you're Nailed wrong. it. Okay. No, you're wrong. wrong. Oh, I'm wrong. Good. Good. Completely wrong. That, that oh, fucking okay. record rules. Oh, okay. I don't and know like, why I got like a a feeling from you that they would just be like too like big at this point, and you wouldn't be into it. You're like it's too slick. Oh no no no! It's it's okay. It's so produced, and I love it for it. Yeah, it's like you know, like what would happen if you through a bunch of like effects and, and I, I want to say money, but I don't honestly know how much was spent on making that record. But like what happens if you throw all that shit at a hardcore band? Yeah. And yeah. they, and they, and they don't just piss it the fuck away. <laughs> right. And actually use it that's, creatively. Yeah. Yeah. And that's probably what you get. Well, I brought them up because the thing I was watching that video of bad brains at CB's and the one thing I hadn't, re- I, you know, when I first saw Turnstile, I really appreciated uh, Brandon's like stage work. You know, he just kind of had a sort of flowy, cool, like, you know, way he was moving his body while he sang. It seemed kind of different and cool. And then I'm watching his video. I'm like, oh my God, that's fucking HR too. Yeah. Like, and, and literally like the same moves HR was doing up there. I'm like, oh, yeah. If you watch Chromags, it's the exact same thing. Right, 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 right. Wait, people stealing from the Chromags or the Chromags stealing from Bad Brains? Oh, Chromags being influenced by Bad Brains. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredibly yeah. so. Yeah. Like It seems like the, everyone was, right? Like, yeah. Well, there, there's like a specific like uh, hand, like, counting time almost like movement mm. that both uh, John Joseph and HR do. Mm. And could they both started doing that at the same time? Maybe. Is it way more likely that he got it from bad brains? Yeah. hundred percent. Way more likely. So that being said, okay, we've determined is HR also the best hardcore front person? Or do you Probably. have anybody else to nominate for that? I, if, I mean, I wish there was like a, a hardcore frontman Olympics because <laughs> yeah. I would have I would have different people for every category. OK. In, in the crowd command category. Yeah. Lose from sick of it all, all day. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. I've never seen someone command a crowd. Yeah. Like that dude. Like that's true watching sick of it all play to uh you know like a whole field like festival of of people yeah yeah yeah. there's very few bands that i'm like yup this hardcore band could do yeah by song seven there's gonna be a wall of death here i don't know how but there's gonna he's going to instruct it oh yeah exactly how and when and where it should happen that's true and it will in the exact way 
And it's never, it's never cheesy. It's never like, yeah. it doesn't feel like doing the hardcore chicken dance or some shit. No. It, 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 it really feels like genuine and like, he, he, that dude's got it so fucking down of, of how to help people have a good time. Yes, it's true. And people just melt, like they hear the queen's accent and it's like, he's a serpent, you know, coming out of a, a pot. Like he's, it's just, they're, they're tantalized by the queen's accent. And, and, and sick of it all fans are that they are sick of it all fans. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right, right. So like they're ready. They are primed to do what the fuck ever. Yeah, Sigmund uh, fans are like Rush fans. Well, you'll meet someone who's be like, yeah, I've seen Sigmund all 63 times. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In okay, the, so so Lou for Crowd Command, it's great. Theatrics, we got to go Jello. Yeah, okay. You know, I mean, that's... That's that's like that's like vocal gymnastics for for HR theatrics. Got to go to Jello. Theatrics slash banter, or is that someone else? Ooh, no, Paul, Paul Bear banter. Are you kidding? Oh, Paul God. Bear all day. Come on. <laughs> why, why do people like Paul Bear's Bully. antics so much? Because he's half hilarious. The, I know, but half the time I want to walk away because I feel like guilty for listening to him. You know, I feel like I'm doing, I I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm doing something wrong when I listen to it. It's like, but it's like a character. It's like, uh, you know, (laughs) it's not, it's not, I don't, I don't think like it's, you know, him. Cause I've also talked to Paul Bear after the set and it's like two different guys. It's, it's. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if you catch Trump in a one-on-one, it's different too, you know? (laughs) You can't, you can't take everyone for this. Take it easy there, Ben. (laughs) I just remember a million years ago being at a show or, or even a video. I can't even tell you. I've, I saw Sheer Terror a lot, so I'm not totally sure. But I remember him saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one goes out to everybody talking about squatters' rights. I got squatters' rights and a left <laughs> and a fucking uppercut. <laughs> I just remember, I was like, oh, man, like I got some friends who are like squatted. Like, this is not cool. Like, they need somewhere to live, you know? Like, and, and the fact that all of his fans looked like they just fucking, you know, took off like their union vest like three seconds ago and just started beating up little kids. So I always, I guess, just growing up going to like nasty sheer terror shows, I didn't find it as romantic, maybe. I mean, consider the time that you're going to see Sheer Terror and the time that I've seen Sheer Terror. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, and but, the years of difference that I yeah. that are, are in there. Studio One was a lot scarier. It's true. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay, so Paul Bear for banter. Uh, the high jump. Dave from Teradoc. Oh, Yeah. How high? Dave Ackerman may be the high. It might be a tie. Actually, it's going to be a tie. Um, and I'm I'm going to add someone who's not necessarily a front person, but deserves a very, very honorable mention. Fid is a very high jumper. He is, and he's never wearing Fid, shoes. And he doesn't wear fucking shoes. <laughs> it's disgusting. I wish you would put true. some fucking shoes on. It's true. Knock it off. Put your fucking shoes on. You're going to step on glass. You know, Finn always told me, too, that he could ball a little bit. I don't think we ever got onto a court. But I'm pretty sure really? Finn... Yeah, I think he played basketball. Like, he, he can hoop a little. I can't picture that. Yeah, he doesn't want you to know this, though. <laughs> okay, I, so so high jumpers, That's those are good ones. Yeah. Uh, Dave Ackerman is, is one of the best jumpers right. in hardcore. We're not... Henry Rollins is not on this list. In any capacity. I mean, maybe in, for like anger. I don't know. For like the, the, the hundred meter pissed off. I, I don't know. Like, All right. How about this one? Who is the best lyricist? Hardcore lyricist. Ooh. That's a good question. Hmm. I feel like you could break that into categories too. Mm. Like what? Um, what are the subcategories there? For lack of better word, just like dumb. Oh, like, from like serious like, to dumb. Yeah, that's true. Like yeah, from like yeah, yeah. From like yo, you were like fifteen when you wrote this. So, it's a little you know, yeah, it's true. It's a little you're, hard you're to compare like, like Quest for Herb. Right, you know, you're like a Murphy's like, Law song is like an unbroken fool. song. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I might go Jerry A. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I might go Jerry A. and Poison Idea. That's a good one. Good lyrics. I'd like. I like. I always have really liked Keith Buckley's lyrics. Mm. I, think, I think he's an excellent lyricist. Um, well, was I suppose? So let's talk about. Chris Pierce a little bit. Let's. I, uh, you know, 
I was a Chris Pierce fan when I was a child. How did you get Chris involved in school drugs? What's weird is that I didn't even really know Chris all that well before he was in school drugs. Uh huh. It's, I have this thing that I, I find more and more people have where if I'm not introduced to someone formally, I right. won't say hi to them. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. like there's yeah, yeah. someone that's like around that you're like, oh, I know who that is. They know who I am, who I am but like I, I feel slightly awkward ever adding them to my list of people that I directly go like, oh, hey, how's it going? Like, yeah, sure. good to see you until I've been formally introduced to that person or vice versa. I respect that. I, I don't know why. I don't know what it is. It's just a thing that I have. I feel awkward. Um, I work in the same model. Yeah, I get it. You know, you feel like like oh, they don't they don't know me. They don't actually know me. They yeah, be like I'll me. get to it. I'm not. Yeah, like they don't need to talk to me yet. Like we'll we'll get there. Yeah. And uh, Pierce is is was one of those people for the longest time. Uh, one of the only times that like I ever met him before uh, I just fucking went for it and asked him if he wanted to be in my hardcore band was. <laughs> uh, descendants at i believe electric factory and and polenta polente greg fucking, yeah, yeah i always uh-huh. mispronounce his goddamn last name palante uh, palante palente is a uh Polenta's like dish. yeah it's like yeah yeah it's, it's food <laughs> and uh he saw like me and chris like at roughly the same area and was like was like yeah let me get a picture of you two oh was, like, right uh, yeah okay yeah uh, like I guess alright I guess we know each other now so then I hit him up like at some point afterwards uh, just on like Facebook it was like hey do you want to like maybe be in my punk band but I didn't ask him for the longest time because I was like Chris Pierce doesn't want to be in my stupid fucking band and then I realized like oh Chris Pierce just wants to be in bands period yeah just wants to rip yeah yeah <laughs> He told me that I was because I was talking to him a little before we talked, and uh, I was like, "I'm like Chris, I gotta give it to you, man. I'm like, you're, you're getting up there, and this you got some speed still, you know." And he's like, "Let's just say this isn't a band you you drink a few beers before you go on stage for." It. I'm like, "Oh, is this coffee group? You know, you gotta oh, go totally. build, you gotta go Bill Stevenson style for this one with coffee, a hundred percent." But I was watching some live, live stuff with you guys, and I was. Like, man, Chris Pierce still gets around the kit, man. Still rips. I love it. Um, so well, how it that, that oh, go did ahead. it for me for, for Chris is is Chris played I knew I knew that like Chris was in the measure and I'd seen him play with right. the measure a bunch of times mm-hmm. and shit like that. But he played on the second for science record. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, he played drums on the second for science record. The first record was coast man. The second record was Chris. And the third hmm. record was Brian Gorsegner. Right. Who, uh, is also one of the most unbelievably underrated drummers <laughs> yeah. in New Jersey. Hardcore. He, he posts Gorsegner some fun is, videos is from his living room monster. these days. <laughs> I, I love Brian's fucking drumming style. Really? Absolutely. Love right. it. It's, He's like one of the old, like if I couldn't have Chris, Brian would be my next choice. Sick. Um, but yeah. So Chris played on that second for science record. And it was like, you know, that stuff was kind of pop punk. 
with a pretty serrated edge. Yeah, but, um, sure, sure. But it was like, yo, this this could be a hardcore band. Like, there are very hardcore drumming sensibilities here with, like, flam, crash, crash kind of shit. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. You can hear it going that way. Yeah, and I was like, oh, fuck, it would be, like, awesome to have Chris play drums in, in school drugs. So was he up for it right away? Yeah, he was just like, sure. I mean, I, I told him, I, was, I think the first show that I asked him to do was, like, either with adolescence or dag nasty. Ooh. Okay. Nice so either way, it was, it was yeah. kind of, it was a little hot out of the gate. Like, yo, uh, yeah. yeah, we got this show coming up and it was like, Oh, cool. You didn't tell him about the one like three weeks later. <laughs> oh, that was going to be, you know, yeah. at 10 PM. Yeah. That's when the show was actually starting uh, yeah. we'll be playing at, you know, two in the morning. Yeah. At a bar in Connecticut or something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what's it like, uh, with the recording, I mean, um, you know, Chris being the the mixer, engineer, and musician in the band, like, um, how, how do you guys go about the the process? Is it w- with with Chris doing the work? Like, um, is he literally like pressing pressing record on his own drum tracks? Like, how's that working? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it's like. So he presses it's- record and jumps in the booth. So it's it's him uh, starting the track where it needs to start, and then me doing like a you know scratch guitar track mm-hmm. with him in the room, and he'll bring the whole keyboard into into the other room and sit down and be like, okay, ready, all right, and then like hit play on the keyboard or record on the keyboard, and then you know count it in and start going. Wait, what do you mean on the keyboard? I'm confused. What like happens a computer, on the keyboard? Like a computer keyboard. Oh, I see, I see. Okay. <laughs> For some reason, I just got like a Casio in my head. I was like, wait, I didn't think I heard keys on these albums. What just happened? <laughs> um, so, like you told me that Chris it sometimes puts his drums a little low in the mix because he's self-conscious. It's not that he's self-conscious. I think <laughs> not. it's not like, oh, that wasn't good. No, it's it's more like, Oh, because I am the drummer and I'm very hyper aware of the right. drums, I'm gonna like pull them back a little bit because I think I'm probably pressing them too much. Mm. You know what I mean? So then you wind up falling somewhere in the middle of being like, no, 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 like it's cool, like that, like no, no, sure. I'm I in checking your hyper focus on it. I'm like, no, no, it's it's fine. Are you? Uh- it is how it should be super particular with you know like mixes and sound like how <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay what's that check so a little nutso about it or uh yeah yeah I'd say that yeah 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 a little yeah, nuts yeah you might, little nuts. Yeah, you might say so what what's your process like uh if you're that nuts is it like real clinical like you got look like you're solving a like a crime or something on the wall uh, it's just very very particular you know yeah. like when i have an idea of it's that thing where you have an idea of how you want something to sound or be and you can't really fucking explain it um right you know i and it's like mixing winds up being a collaborative effort Mm. for us so like in recording something i also have to account for me being there and like sitting 
and doing all the mixing and everything with Chris. Right. And also like, you know, going back and forth and like figuring stuff out. Um, but yeah, no, it gets, it gets very, very fucking specific. Like <laughs> the, the, the first time that I think that that ever happened and it's, it, it usually works best when I get Chris to the point of exhaustion. <laughs> so, so when it's like, you know, like one in the morning and he's just like, and is like sitting on the like laying down on the couch and I'm like you know like oh you mind if I just uh hop in here and fuck fuck around with a couple things and he's just like yeah fuck it like go ahead <laughs> like when he's over it then I'm like okay good that's like I your plan like, you tire him out I could like screw yeah I could like screw around with shit <laughs> but it's like you know he gets everything sounding good and correct and and as he would put it, embiggened. Embiggened. And then <laughs> embiggened. Okay. And then I will go in there and do all like the tiny tweaks and like changes to, to whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, nice. and add in like the stupid effects that that he uh couldn't possibly uh bring himself to <laughs> add. He couldn't endorse. <laughs> in an effort to not be, be uh, barred by the Recording Association of America or whatever. Yeah. In, indecision, going to hand your, hand your demos back? No. Like, no, oh, you want me to put reverb on what? Everything? <laughs> okay, go ahead. So what's going on with that record? Like, you, you did the... It's meant to be, what, four seven inches to complete an album? And you, yeah. you have one out so far? We have one out. Um, so when when are we expecting two? <laughs> well, see, we started doing that as an effort to mitigate the uh, lack of touring. Yeah, it's like oh, we break this record up, and now we can you know kind of put it out like right. over time when nobody's touring. You know, what we had not accounted for was um, everybody else in the fucking world doing <laughs> the exact same thing at the exact same time. Right. Sure. So, oh, so are you part of the pressing plant issues? That is us. Yeah. So you got a record at the plant right now? Yeah. It's it was originally getting pressed uh, somewhere in America, and they were like, "Yeah, you might have it next year. Like, might oh have God. it next year." Yeah, yeah. So we were like, "Fuck it, moved it." I think somewhere in England, maybe. And, really? Uh, and I mean, and it's it's been out for like as long as it used to take to get a fucking seven. Track, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It's been out for that, for that amount of time, you know, it used to be like a three, four ish at most month turnaround on like a, a seven inch. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, you know, and sure. now it's, it's like throw a dart at the fucking calendar and like maybe yeah. you'll have it then. Jeez. So what, do you have a, a, a suspected date at this point with you're expecting it to come out? Um, it's going to be this year for sure. It's probably going to be like late this year. I'm hoping... Late this year. Maybe like uh, October, something like that. Maybe November at the latest. Well, maybe you should have just uh, done an album the first time, huh? Eh. This, <laughs> no, this no, worked out. It. This worked yeah. out because it also gave us time to like take the songs that we want yeah. to put on the next record and spend a lot more fucking time with them instead of trying to like sure. slam everything together and and just get it out the fucking door like yeah, yeah we have to take the time to to 
like guys it's only three songs you know nothing's over two fucking minutes right we can like do all of the weird production shit that we want to do and like make sure that the art and everything is cohesive with what is actually on the record and it just gives us a lot more time to like dig into it and sure. not release a pile of dog shit i mean i think like even pre-pandemic i think these sort of release cycles were starting to get more popular just even from the streaming stuff you know even pre-pandemic and i think like i don't know i think it's just kind of smart to do albums like this now you know not necessarily like you know for everyone but um the idea of like breaking up you know content and being able to you know have new art and new songs and being able to push it in a different way uniquely more than once every year once every couple years i mean just a different ball game now and it seems seems kind of necessary i think it's smart to do um so the whole thing's called funeral arrangements right um, yeah, I'm still patting myself on the back for that. It's really good. It's strong. It's, <laughs> it's, it's strong. That's a good one. Um, so this stemmed from uh, overwhelming Catholic guilt, I heard. Is this true? No, not not necessarily Catholic guilt. More so, <laughs> um, I never experienced the Catholic guilt. You didn't? I don't know if I was just... I went to Catholic school for the first eight years of my life. I don't know oh. if I was just such a shithead that I didn't care about <laughs> uh, feeling guilty for you know things that the ten commandments say are are wrong right uh, right you know like you know i was like you know in third grade out here just coveting my, my neighbor's wife like ah oh, man i'm <laughs> really coveting my neighbor's wife uh <laughs> i'm i'm just so coveting of his wife covetous so I, don't, I don't even. I still. I, I think that means like wanting to sleep with your neighbor's wife or your friend's sure. girlfriend, yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, which always makes felt- me think. Just like two thousand years ago, there's just like a lot of weird fucking going on. You know, if they had to like put that in, like, like oh yeah, like the cock chair was probably invented. Yeah, in, people in were being gnarly. Like something was going on. Like like the original glory hole or something had appeared and we're like, we got to put another amendment in here because this is getting fucked, you know? There was Um, also a period of time, you know, roughly in like the seventh to eighth grade uh, area where I I would get the Ten Commandments and the Ologistics confused. And I'm like, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's food is not a Ten Commandment. Please don't write that down. (laughs) Um, No, no, your teacher doesn't know what going for all is. Did you have a, like, um, what, I, you're in Catholic school, but did you have a religious house too? Was it, was it going on inside the house? They were that type of religious that, like, Italian people are frequently. Okay. Where it's like, you, you know, you're religious Please until explain. your kids. Yeah. You're religious until your kids out of fucking CCD or your grandparents are dead. Oh, uh, that's like when your job is done. Yeah, then you're you're good. You're good after <laughs> okay. that. Like you don't got to worry about it no more. When CCD you know? end? Uh, eighth. I think that's eighth grade. Oh, okay. So they get you to I, like I moderate adulthood with faith, and then it's like, all right, this is out of my to, hands. Like, well, yeah, they get you to uh, confirmation, and then you're done. Mm, okay. And then you're not going to be in a, a fucking church again until you get married or you die, whichever comes first. Right. 
<laughs> so you had that kind of, but sometimes I wonder if like that stuff is, is worse because it's like, you know, like, like it or not, religion is attempting to answer some, some questions you're probably going to have through life, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like almost sometimes somebody who has really devout faith, like at the very least they can explain some level of like spirituality to you and like a broader context. But I feel like the, like twice a year, like we're just oh, getting no, to yeah. confirmation ones are like, yeah, yeah, that's just a, when it rains, that's just God crying. Which like, yeah, if you're four, you're is, just like, wait, what the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. There's someone up yeah. there? How big are their tears? Like what's happening? Like, and it actually doesn't make sense, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, for, I feel like for a lot of families, it's just that thing that's like, we're just here until Nanny's gone. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> you know, until, as, soon yeah. as, as soon as Nanny's gone, like, your aunts are going to get married, and we don't got to go to church anymore. Yeah, and we're straight. Okay, that's so that was it go. for you, yeah. Yeah, that, that, was, that was everything. So it's, it wasn't, the theme is not like Catholic guilt, it's more so like, the pa- just the general pageantry of, of Catholic funerals. Mm. Um, and the sort of the pageantry of funerals in general. Yeah. And yeah. I had a bunch of those, uh, come up in unfortunate rapid succession oh, over sure. the pandemic. And right before that, like 2019 to, to 2021. And I had this whole, I had this totally hilarious idea that I was like, I'm not going to funerals anymore. I'm not going to do that. I fucking, eat those words real, real quick. But, um, I, uh, I wanted to be done with that whole side of, you know, life. Um, having to like do the whole thing, go to funerals and, and go through all of it. Um, there are some that I did not go to that I regret not going to. There are some that I did not go to that I do not regret not going to. Right. Right. Um, but it's, that, it's a. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What were you oh, I was gonna say. I feel like a lot of uh, other bands and stuff they they focus very hard on not the worst part of dying, mm. huh. which is like they focus on you know oh, you're in a metal band and it's all about the 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 dying and it's about the uh, uh, like how uh-huh. brutal shit can fucking be. Sure. It's like sure. that's not that's not brutal. Like realizing that your friend at work will not be there for you to tell him a hilarious story next season. Yep. Like that's fucking brutal. Actually putting someone in the ground. That's fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah, Like, and that is the, the actual funeral like that. That is the height I think of the whole process. Mm. You know, it's, it's downhill from there. It doesn't, I don't think it gets worse than that moment of walking into the fucking room. Yeah. Yeah. So where, where are you sitting with it now? Like, like did, are you finding like working on these songs and working in this context, uh, cathartic? Like, is it helping you get to the other side of this at all? A little bit, not, not that much. It's, it's kind of that it's, it's unfortunately exactly like my, my mom always told me, like, it's just mm-hmm. a thing that you have to do. And it, Oh, it sucks every time. Yeah. And it doesn't get better. Yeah. 
Right. You know, like maybe the easiest one is the was the first one that I ever went to. And it was, you know, like my friend's great grandmother. Like, that's the easiest one that I ever went to. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, at some point you just like sit back and go like, this isn't really for me. It's not really for them either. You know, it's for like the people around them who need something else like that. Right. Is the the concept of the pageantry is like to, to let other people have an avenue, like, you know, to, to get through it, you know, that's why like Jews, you know, they just lock themselves in a dark room for a week. You know, there's like no, there's like no fucking, you know, uh, they, they make themselves deal with it in the most brutal in your face, like way possible. You know. Yeah, that that's a that's like a whole nother level. I've I've only ever gone to someone's house and and kind of you know did that whole thing like once, and it was fucking brutal. Yeah, but I mean, there's also part of it where it's like you know I think like as you said, you know, you're gonna have to face this at some point in your life if you want to become an adult, and you know. Um, I almost feel like you're not an adult until you have to do this in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, there's, a, uh, there's a certain level of growing up that I think happens very quickly, like the first yeah. time you do that as a kid. That's another thing I thought to tweet like a month ago that I didn't because I knew that it was going to, you know, take a little piece of my soul away. But I was thinking in my head that I was like, you know what? You are not an adult until you like bring someone as, into this world or have to like, say goodbye to someone out of it. Like, like those two things, like once you experience everything else is put in a different perspective from that point on, you know? Um, and, and I do think like when I hear opinions from, <laughs> I hate to discredit certain things, but when I hear opinions from people who haven't done either, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't really take you so seriously yet. You know? I feel you. I can definitely, I can definitely feel you on that. Oh um, man, like eight years. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a certain reality that just punches you directly in the fucking mouth once that that happens. I think especially you, these days, how, you know, yeah, you understand you what? understand how fucking power, like how completely powerless you actually are. Yeah, right. I I almost think that's part of the issue in our you know modern social media endeavors and things like that too. Because you know, if you take away like like we essentially just have every avenue to distract ourselves from thinking about this stuff until it's like so close to you that you have to think about this stuff. And yeah. I was just thinking the other day about how like, like if you were raised out in a rural area or a farm or something like that, and like your mom died, you're putting your mom like a hundred feet away from your house to just stay yeah. there and you're going to see it every day. And like, and you're not going on the fucking, you know, there's no TV, there's no music, there's no phones. There's none of this. All you have is this place you're at. And this person who was once there is now just here. And, and I do like, even though it, it sounds like brutal from the outside, but also I think those parents, those people had a conception of, the reality of death and how they're going to deal with it from such a younger age than people now probably do, 
right? Like, oh, like, sure. I'm, I'm sure we're all probably living way too fucking long too now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think so? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I, I, I feel like 35. That sounds like a. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's <laughs> done, more than enough. Done at 35. Done at 35. Oh, I remember, man. you know, when you're when you're like 16, you're like, God, I can't imagine being 25. I'm, I'm going to be dead by the time. Oh, yeah. For the longest time, I thought I'd be dead. Yeah. By 25. I know. I and said I'm like, so I guess many I can, times. I guess I can go to 35. I could. I could probably do 35. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> like haggling with myself. Yeah. It's a weird. I I just started doing this exercise. I'm 41 now, so it's mm. really easy to just start thinking of the rest of your life as sort of this like closing window at this point. You know, like because <laughs> I mean, realistically, you know, people can drop dead for any number of reasons at this age but also if i'm just like you know a lot of people make it to 80 like we're and, not at the credits yet and but like, we're definitely in the third act. and i'm like <laughs> i'm like my life feels like pretty fucking long so the idea like i didn't even conceive it till recently but i'm like the idea wait i get to do this again like I just did forty that years, same, yeah, that same amount, and yeah, I get to do the exact same amount. That's pretty fucking crazy. Just, I could do a lot of shit, but like, just not you know? with as many boners, though. Yeah, but <laughs> there was a good what eight to nine years of that with no boners to start, <laughs> um, and then like good. eight or nine years with too many boners. <laughs> yeah, it with too many. Whereas so kind of, made, yeah, yeah there's only like yeah, there's only have. like a ten year boner peak there. So I think I can manage that through my fifties. Um, great, great, bad punk band name, by the way. Boner Peak. <laughs> Ted, boner Peak. <laughs> Climbing Boner Summit. The Summit of Boner Peak. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, how did we get there? I don't know. I took it there. I kept yeah. silent for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> um, wait, Josh, where did you actually grow up? What town? Manchester. What is that? Is that like Jersey Devil territory? Is that down down? Yeah, that's like part of it is in the Pine Barrens. It's by Lakehurst. Wow, interesting. It's between Lakehurst and Tom's River, basically. Ah. So how did you, uh, I don't know, make it out of there? You know, someone from my part of New Jersey thinks where you're from is like West Virginia, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, it's actually, it's not that far south. It's not <laughs> fucking Atlantic City. It's not. We're not somewhere. Brown's Mills here. Yeah. No, no, oh <laughs> yeah. god, that's and that's like yeah, like Cherry Hill, like out west, mm-hmm. basically like mm-hmm. rural Philadelphia. So um, when did you make your way out to like the Asbury area and stuff? When? Yeah. Um, I started working at Asbury Lanes in 2011. Oh wow! But I think like the first time I ever went to a show in Asbury was probably 2005 or 2006. So was that like was Asbury your local spot or was it more Philly for you? Um Bricktown. Bricktown hardcore shows. Oh. Like if I was going to a show, I was going to to Bricktown probably. Yeah. Who more, were the uh who were like the, the big local bands when you were going to those shows? Get Real, Little oh, Rascals. Get Real. Um yeah. Four to Death. Where, where one of those three bands was playing like basically what seemed like every every weekend. And then there was the the PLP log cabin that oh, was yeah. in my town. Like okay. I, I I would walk there and my mom was the one that originally was renting it out to people. Oh really? 
Yeah, she was the first. She was the one that was renting it out to everybody to do shows and everything. Oh, cool. So did your did your mom have a little like alternative lean? Like she's kind of cool oh, with this no. stuff. Oh no, 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 no she's no. cool. She's cool with it, but that's not like <laughs> you know. She likes the Beatles and David Bowie and right things like that. You know, but listen, she's not against it. I mean, listen, you're saying David Bowie instead of like. Jim Croce or Barry Manilow, you know, like it could. Yeah, David Bowie still. She wasn't. Yeah, she wasn't like big Carpenters fan. Not a parahead or something. Yeah. Uh, no, that's exactly that's actually exactly what my mom is. She's oh, like she's 100% a parahead. Buffett head. Okay, okay. One hundred percent. Actually, a parrothead. Like yes. so much a parrothead that she was the president of a parrothead club. No, really? Yeah, that's awesome. Dude, I've seen. I've seen Jimmy Buffett more times than <laughs> I would honestly care to admit on this uh, forum. Oh, well, you've already admitted it. What is something great about Jimmy Buffett that we all don't know? Uh, <laughs> Come on, you've seen him this many times. There's got <laughs> to be something rich to it. You don't get your own private fan club of legions of middle-aged women Without having something special. What is it? His, mic- his microwave shrimp aren't the worst thing in the world. That's it. <laughs> they're, more ed- they're more edible than dog shit. <laughs> uh. I prefer a Howard Johnson's fried clam myself. Um. Um, he's one of those guys like Ringo Starr that just gets people that are way better than him to play uh, with him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's, that's, the, that's the scheme. That's the fucking... Sure. That's the act. It's like the James Dolan thing. You know that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen JD in a straight shot? <laughs> He's got his own band. Uh, and yeah. yeah, he just hires these like awesome Nashville musicians who just charge him, you know, like $3,000 a week or something. And yeah. so, so yeah, his band sounds fine, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, that's, that's what he does. He just gets like the best musicians and, I, there, I mean, there was a point in time where I, I had to, like, expressly ask my, my mom, like, can I just stay home, please? Can How many home? Jimmy Buffett shows have you been to? Like, one or two a year, probably, between, oh. like, <laughs> seven and fucking <laughs> 13 years old, oh 14 years old. Did you ever wind up on, like, a party bus with a bunch of parrot heads or something mm, like that? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm like I don't know if I should tell this story or not. You have yes. to. You have to. Um, Just tell some Cliff's Notes version. That's safe. I, like the first time I ever saw boobs was at a Jimmy Buffett thing. Wait, were people like, flashing the Buffett? They had they had like in the parking lot. There was like a tower, <laughs> and there were girls on said tower. What? And they were flashing themselves to whomever was around what am i missing here what is this mardi gras element at a jimmy buffett show what's happening the jimmy buffett show is not about going to see jimmy buffett play don't stop the carnival that is not what it's about what's it about it's all about the parking lot oh it's a bunch of it's a bunch of people that used to go see the grateful dead Mm. and like hang out in fucking parking lots for that shit so for years and years, they realized, like, the the dead shit was over, slash, like, younger kids started going to the dead shows. Uh-huh. I'm so embarrassed I know all this. <laughs> so, like, the fucking younger kids start going to the dead shows, and that pushes all the people that are, like, my mother's age 
out of doing that shit because they just want to like hang out. They're they're like less interested in you know being around a bunch of kids that are like sucking fucking nitrous tanks and shit. <laughs> so they all fucking realize that like this Jimmy Buffett thing is happening over here. All those fucking people move to like Jimmy Buffett and start doing the fucking parking lot uh, tailgate thing at the Jimmy Buffett concerts, and then inevitably. It, the same thing winds up happening. A bunch of fucking, you know, college kids realize like, oh, we can go there and like do reefers and, right. and fucking <laughs> do some reefers, nitrous balloons. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, the, they, they all get out of that and then weed gets legalized. So now people, my parents age are, uh, back into, uh, smoking weed and hanging out in parking lots. <laughs> oh, Not that my mom yeah. ever, ever was, um, sure. I remember my mom distinctly like yelling at people on the lawn in the lawn section for smoking weed near us. Like, like I have my kid here, and I'm like, oh my god, mom, please, oh, okay. please stop, yeah. <laughs> please fucking stop. Oh god. I mean, getting a contact high at a Jimmy Buffett show, that'd be good. <laughs> Yo, his band is called the fucking Coral Reefer Band. How are you yelling at people for smoking weed, mom? <laughs> They're called the Coral Reefer Band. I'm fucking nine years old and I get the joke. How do you not? Like, please, please stop yelling at the the scary twenty three year old. Yeah, us. yeah. It could have been like it could have been like the uh, the percussion player from the Coral Reefers. <laughs> exactly. Like, Yo, I'm trying to vibe out for the gig, lady. Dude, wow! I can't believe there's this. Valhalla of decadence in the parking lot of Jimmy Buffett shows. That's what this it is. That's what it was. Oh my god, this is and it got like, as I got older, it got way, it got way more decadent and more ridiculous. Right. Well, because now like, you're talking a, about people in their sixties, right? They're like, oh fuck it, like no one's arresting yeah, I mean, me. Like, like who gives a fuck? Like they're just going. Well, for though, it. like once that, all like those as like the years go on and like those college age kids like start going right uh, also keep in mind that a lot of the time this is happening in fucking camden <laughs> so there's this like weird oasis in the middle of camden yeah, and all these people fucking, somehow have to get out of camden <laughs> right of like white people fucking uh drinking and partying and, and not just on. white people like white people oh the whitest of white people <laughs> all right let me like, ask you this if what? Sandals Resort was a was a genre of music, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> what? How many? Like, let's say percentage wise, what are we talking about for pastels? Like, like, do you have to wear like a pastel polo and little shorts? Like, is that like Buffett uniform? No, you're wearing a fucking Hawaiian shirt. Oh, you got to wear the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, you got to wear a Hawaiian shirt or like. A, an unbelievably faded, twenty thousand times washed, nineteen ninety six Jimmy Buffett, uh, right, right, fucking, you know, like whatever tour. Yeah, I saw him in Towson, Maryland. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Sure. Oh my goodness, Josh! I didn't know any of this. Wait, I'm trying to forget. When's the last time you went to a gig? <laughs> I'd probably I. I I think the last one was with the 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 boob tower. <laughs> the boob, boob tower is the last one. Can we next time it happens? Can we crew up and go? I. Uh, do you want to hang out with my mom in a parking lot? <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. 
I do. Okay. I mean, you. It, I might smoke. Like the, a, the, I might. I might go. I might hang with the coral reefers for a minute. But listen, for the the friends that we have, like I'm sure everyone will be super into it. Dude, let's get a party bus. Your mom. <laughs> couple of her friends we'll get a couple friends we'll just have a great time you know i'll bring like a i'll bring a blender you bring your kids we'll make frozen margs <laughs> just go for it i think yeah, everybody i mean the thing about going to those things was like sometimes you didn't have to bring anything and like because <laughs> right. people would just have like a fucking margarita machine yeah. with them uh-huh. and like this person made a a pool in their fucking the tr- uh, in their tailgate of their their fucking truck and like wow. you know now they're they're sitting in what is definitely their own piss. <laughs> See, I love this too because my all I know of tailgating is New York Giants games, which oh, is no, this is this is which is like this is the World Series, literally like Bowl. you know <laughs> it's usually January in Sea Caucus, you know, right off the nah. turnpike. You nah, know, we're nothing but summer. nothing but mad people and and drunks and and smoked meats. Like that's all that's going on out there. It's you know, it can I'm be talking fun. About, but this sounds I'm talking like about melting, dude, melting asphalt and people listening to the artists that they're about to go see in four fucking hours. Because yes, <laughs> you have to get there literally hours before the thing starts. I'm like four or five fucking hours beforehand. Ugh. And like, if I'm lucky, I brought my Game Boy. <laughs> Brad, will you come? I'm trying to kind of imagine. Are you going to bring your kids and expose the new generation to the torture of Jimmy Buffett? Who me? Yeah. No. Oh. No, no. he's going to get fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. That's the whole point. Yeah, I'm trying to like have the proper parrot head experience. I'm imagining I, most of the people there are like, we got a sitter for the night, huh? And like, let's get into it. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. Well, most of the people, I mean, half of the people there are like, our kids live two towns over and are very excited that we're coming to town and not going to see them. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Well, I can't, yeah, I can't say no to it, obviously. You gotta go. Yeah. yeah, It is, it is decadent. (laughs) Hedonistic decadence. Hedonistic decadence. (laughs) Oh. So, do you guys ever, I found this funny, like. Do you ever get asked about the Asbury sound? Even like you're kind of an Asbury Park band, right? You know, um, God forbid, you know, for better or for worse, you're an Asbury Park band. And, uh, you know, my band was never even from Asbury Park. And 50% of the interviews I do, I have to answer questions about the Asbury sound, which I don't know what the fuck is really particularly when groups like school drugs come out of there more often than not. Do you ever have to answer this question? Oh, we just say the shore. We just say the Jersey ah, shore. Jersey shore. Cause I, cause for me where I grew up, it was Tom's river. So mm. I was going to seaside to go to like the beach and stuff when I was a okay. kid. Seaside was I didn't go to Asbury. Spot. Yeah. No, yeah. no one was going like, to Asbury yet for the beach. So when the Jersey Shore television show came out, that was super weird for, for me because I'm like, yeah. oh, I know where everything yes. you're talking about yes. is. Yes, yes. I'm like, oh, that's the guy who almost beat me up at the sawmill in 1997. He looks exactly, exactly. the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you don't but have to. Jersey's, yeah. 
to Asbury sound, I'm like, I know what that means in terms of like what Springsteen and the fucking right. Southside Johnny shit sounds like. Like I, I get it. Sure. But, um, that would never apply to, to us. That would apply no. to bands that play music. I'm like, you know, Tim Shaw lives there, right? <laughs> yes. Like, come on. <laughs> what do you mean? Is this Southside the place that I'm, Johnny? <laughs> is this the place that I'm gonna I'm gonna unleash the the vicious Tim Shaw rumor? It should be. So I'm hoping. All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's do please. it. We're gonna do this. We're 90 minutes into the episode, so if someone's aggregating Tim Shaw rumors 90 minutes in, you know, good for them. It's almost their way. If you stuck around this long, yeah. If you if you meet one of the any of these qualifications, you've stuck around this long, you know Tim Shaw, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're not Tim Shaw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would invite you to spread the rumor <laughs> that Tim Shaw was in the Good Charlotte the Anthem music video. <laughs> that just, seems just realistic because it seems plausible. Very seems plausible. Like yeah, be. sure, sure. He wasn't. He, he wasn't. wasn't okay, but it would be. I think it I'm would sure be he very funny. Yeah. Yes, I think it would be very fucking funny for people to ask him specifically about that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, were were you the the anthem music video? <laughs> All right, going off track, listeners. If you fit those three criteria, <laughs> if you are still listening, know who Tim Shaw is, and you are not Tim Shaw then please spread this rumor that he's in the Good Charlotte video. Oh, I like this. Has, has Tim Shaw been on here yet? No. He hasn't. Why? I don't know. That's a good question. Tim is one of those people I've known since I was like 13 years old. So mm-hmm. I, and you know, I was in Ensign. Who the fuck wasn't? You're from New Jersey. I know. I'm a drummer from New Jersey. I did my four shows. <laughs> like Dude, it, 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 like, Everyone is, I, we were, so I, I, I worked, t- Tim got me a, a gig doing a, a guitar tech and for Luna Chicks. Oh, nice. For like a, for like a couple shows. And, uh, I was like checking drums cause their, their drummer asked if I could check the drums. Too. I was like, yeah, hey, sure. No problem. Whatever. So I'm like checking drums and I'm like playing drums. And, uh, later I was like, we're in the, the, the green room area and, Tim was like, oh, I didn't, like, I didn't know you played drums, too. I was like, yeah, well, I, I didn't tell you, because if I told you, then I might have been fucking Ensign. <laughs> the Ensign for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to do your time, Josh. I I kind of want him to ask me to, yeah. to be, like, You got to do, like, a half like, dozen shows just to, just to. No, I just need one. Even Get even your badge on. I mean, we were, I don't. There is the very New Jersey thing that we were both in the uh, the Vision tribute thing, right, 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 right. A, a few weeks ago. Very I mean, cool. that's it's very cl- it's very close. But yeah, every who the fuck wasn't in Ensign? Yeah, there is a lot. There is a lot. Oh, that's fucking funny. Well, it would be fun to have Tim Shaw in here. We could definitely go down some some incredible memory lanes. The last time I hung out with him was me taking his yoga class. How was that? Was it angry? No, but I think I made him uncomfortable being in there. I just got the impression. I don't think he wanted to. I really <laughs> like the idea that Tim Shaw teaches yoga yeah. like he plays a show. <laughs> like like it's just him pacing back and yeah. forth really fucking hard and there's a lot of pointing. Yeah. 
Like, and, um, you know, I'm here for the positivity, we- but that's a bullshit downward dog. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> like, shout out to the real motherfuckers that are doing tree pose yeah. correctly. <laughs> I said, engage that core. Um, yeah, that would be funny. No, his class was good. He was a good yoga teacher. My only complaint was that he played like music, like real music, not, um, you know, random hippie dude making weird sounds on his keyboard music. Your your only complaint was that he played Flux of Pink Indians the entire time. Well, it was like, like, you know, I'm I can't listen to Credence and it goes in the background. You know, when I'm listening to Credence, yeah. I'm listening to fucking Credence, and I'm like, I'm 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 in guitar tones, I'm I'm in beats, like I'm picking it apart, and before you know it, my you know my pose is all fucked up. So I I didn't like having real music in there. My musician's brain it didn't sync right. You know. But his class is thing good. that I gotta, I gotta try one of his classes. Sometime. You gotta go, and and I went with his other drummer. So it was literally two of his drummers sitting in the same class, <laughs> which probably gives just so much automatic anxiety. You know, he's like he's like Spinal Tap. He's been through so many drummers. It's just got to be anxious. Yeah. you know, at this point. But actually, it oh, was so fair. funny. I you know I'm going through the, uh, uh, you know, the indecision you know records catalog and and you know i'm looking at the logo and i'm like this is one of the reasons i love this record and i or i love this label and i was so stoked uh to see school drugs was on it was because i slept for probably six to eight years of my life like under an ensign poster with that logo on it um Mm -hmm. you know and so i was like yeah indecision records fuck yeah glad school drugs is on it how'd you get hooked up with them anyway like anything else, you just fucking ask. Oh, you just send it to him and ask? <laughs> I just asked. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, you just send the fucking email. Like, Give it a shot. You know, yeah, what do you, what do you got to lose? Worst thing, you could say the worst thing is that someone says no. I mean, we, we all know that that's yeah. not true. The worst thing that someone could say is nothing. Yeah. By far. No answer is worse than, than an answer, which, which brings me to my next point. I'll say one that's even worse. There's a fourth. Uh, Oh, there's a four? Yeah, there is. There's a yes, there's a no, there's a straight ignore, and then there's a passive aggressive, I'm going to answer your Maybe. email because I feel like I have to, but I have no interest in putting out your record, and I'm going to kind of mm. like wet your palate. Yeah. I hate that one the most. So in that same world, I'm going to give you one of the most cordial rejections I've ever gotten. Okay. And I'm going to... Well, I want to see if I can if I can phrase this so that I, I bury the lead. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, I can do this. I can make this. I can make this work. Okay. So this is an email that I received after putting in for a uh, festival, right? Thank you so much for your interest to form at this year's blank. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, all the positions acquired through this email have been fu- have been filled and were booked solid uh, at this time. We have a crazy number of submissions each year, and we did our best to try to accommodate as many artists as we could. Please try again next year as we continue to bring in different artists to give others a chance to shine. Mad respect to you for reaching out, and we wish you all the best. Oh. Whoop, whoop. Wow. You got a mad respect and a whoop, whoop. And that is from 
Ninjas in Action Incorporated, and the headline is School Drugs at the Gathering. Wow. That is. And is that not like the most cordial fucking rejection ever? It's really nice. It is or really some nice. juggalos. It is you really. Would have thought. You know what? I would have thought because they've really changed who they are the last couple of years, haven't they? You know, totally changed the brand identity. The juggalos are our friends. I wish we always realized this. This is one thing that used to bother me when I was younger. I used to have a group of friends who would go to the mall and harass the goth kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and I always saw it as like, hey, like. We're like, we're a lot more like them, you know, than like these other people. Like we should be like cool with the goth kids, you know, like they're depressed. They just chose a different kind of music, you know, same team though. And, uh, I kind of feel the same way about the juggalos these days. I feel like we should really embrace them in the fold of like punk and hardcore, you know? I'm, I mean, I'm down. Are you with it? You for it? I'm with it. I just put in for fucking Wait, school drugs at the gathering. Of do, course, can you do an experiment for me? What's the experiment? All right, what's the net? What's like the biggest school drug show coming up? Black and blue. Oh, this is perfect. Perfect. <laughs> oh my god, is this it? Is more or am I going to get fucking stabbed? Uh, no, no. I think they'll respect it. You know what? Fuck it. What is it? I'm a betting man. Let's do go this. On, what is it? Go. Tell me. Like, I just want to see. What happens if, with no reference, no context, you just go up with the face paint? Oh, boy. Do the whole thing, the half clown, never explain yourself, and just see if anything comes of it. Like, see if you get an email from some ICP camp, see if someone actually gives you shit. I, I bet something interesting could come out of it. Um, you don't want to do it. I maybe, maybe, yeah. Let's. We'll we'll think. Well, I'm gonna sleep on it, and I'll let you know how if I want. I'm not gonna. Let's let's explore. <laughs> let's. We're gonna finish here, Josh. Let's explore a way for you and I to like bridge the gap to the Juggalo community and actually like get something going here. You know. I mean, what's the crossover between between ICP like? How many how many necro fans are also gaslight fans? Mm. What do you think that crossover is? Like when you when you pull up the the Spotify app and it says uh, similar or, or artists that that people that listen to gaslight anthem like like where how far down do you got to go until you get to? So I get a necro twisted. Um, you know what? Not as far as you think. Really? Yeah, not as far as you think. Because there's, like, a level of Gaslight fan who is, like, kind of, like, alternative rock radio fan. Not necessarily hardcore or punk kid, you know? And I think that person could easily get into, like, a twisted sort of situation. Maybe started it twisted and grew into Gaslight Anthem or something like that. But, yeah. That's a weird growth cycle, but okay. It's actually more realistic than you think. And I think I even say it for myself because, you know, the entire time people thought I was, like, cool listening to cool stuff, I was still listening to, like, the Judgment Night soundtrack and Van Hagar and, like, all sorts of stuff that people think is whack, you know? like So if, if, think, they, if they asked... Yeah. And the money, like, the money's straight, the fucking tour uh-huh. route's all good. Yeah. 
Would Gaslight play The Gathering? <laughs> oh, Gaslight man. at The Gathering? I would have to catch Brian in just the right mood. I would th- it be the gaslighting of the Juggalos? I think it's possible. <sighs> oh, man, that's a hard one. I wish... See, this is where we, we answered it before. If only bands were not a democracy. You know, I could just sit here and if be you like... make that call. I can't make that call on my own. I just can't do I it. Know if you could, though. I want to go play the ICP show. I don't know if I can convince the fellas to go you're play in. the ICP you're show. In. I'm in. You get okay, me. There. So we just we yeah. didn't have to convince everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like Ian Perkins is fucking super. Hundred percent in. So check it out. Uh, Alex Rosamelia's first band. I don't know if you could consider it like a first band, but he did play a show in a new wavy goth band wearing fishnets. Of some sort. Uh, I can see that, sure. So, so he's warm. He's warm. Alex Levine's just, he just wants a good time. I promise him a good time. Yeah, I think we can make it happen. I don't see, I don't see why not. Let's get this going. All right, so if, to expand on our Tim Shaw thing, if for some reason a representative of the insane clown posse is now listening one hour and 45 minutes into this interview, please hit us up. Let's try to arrange something. This was fun, man. Thanks for doing it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm committed. Committed to the Buffett show. And apparently, like, so I think... Josh somehow got me to say that Gaslight Anthem would play with Insane Clown Posse. He did. I cannot guarantee this. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot guarantee this. That's like a good idea. Jimmy Buffett is is Margaritaville guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh I thought Uh so, but I just... You must have taken on a Buffett concert in your day, no? (laughs) No fucking way. No one... 
How would that even? I mean, why? No, dude. I don't know. Just on vacay, you know? (laughs) I I saw, you know, I saw The Clash when I was like 18, dude. I didn't, I I didn't, like, when would I have seen Jim? I guess, yeah, I could have seen him when I was 14, like, like Josh. But my parents were cooler than that. (laughs) (laughs) Although I guess not, because my parents really didn't take me to see any music. They did expose me to some cool music, but they didn't take me to see any shows, really, that I can remember now. No gigs. No Jimmy Buffett for you. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. My dad was But Was he a thing, like, when you were coming up in music, was Buffett, he was a thing then, too? Yeah, I mean, I remember all that stuff. I mean, you got Margaritaville. Give it to the guy, that was right? isn't that like one of the biggest songs ever? I mean, it's one of those songs that I've never like actively wanted to listen to or put on. Yeah, and I know like every word, and you know, um, yeah. So let's check out the numbers on it's, Margaritaville. You know, here, like not it's not like the perfect song like what we were talking about last episode but if i if i'm remembering correctly the last time i heard that song i thought like it was really well recorded <laughs> i mean i should hope so <laughs> i mean he had a couple dollars by then but these right? are the kind of like i remember thinking like oh it's interesting the the arrangement and stuff cuz that song is like from the 70s right so it's like I thought that the arrangement and the music were not typical, but that it sounded kind of cool. But it's, I don't know when I heard it. I must have heard it in a fucking store or somewhere or like a, I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, dude. He literally wrote this about him having the drink. <laughs> <laughs> the song is written about a drink Buffett discovered. At Lung's Cochina del Sur restaurant. And he was so inspired. In Austin, Texas. Jesus. And the first huge surge of tourists who descended on Key West, Florida around that time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Talk about just filling a genre. Like, (laughs) he just knew. Oh. So, I mean, it was pretty famous. Uh, You know, made it to... Number one on U.S. Billboard Hot Adult Contemporary yeah, I feel Tracks. Like that song is massive. Yeah. So a lot of cover versions. We got Alan Jackson, parodies, merchandising. Look at this stuff he sells. Oh, my God. It's like uh, yogurt from Spaceballs. <laughs> Margaritaville bottled malt beverages. Margaritaville frozen concoction maker. Margaritaville oh chips God. and salsa. Margaritaville frozen seafood. Margaritaville men's and women's apparel. Margaritaville outdoor and beach furniture. I've actually seen their beach chairs. They're pretty nice. Well, he's they got, got drink a holders. Resort, you know? right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Ooh, Margaritaville beach cruiser bicycles. Jesus. Sounds nice. I don't know. It's, Next time I see you, Brad, I'd like you to be wearing Margaritaville Souls of the Tropics footwear, if you can. You might have to wait until my senility has fully kicked in before you're going to catch me in that shit. So, How far along are you? But I, you know, I encourage like, you to... If to it, that, that would imply that it's kicked in. Oh, I think it has. So how far along are you here? In, you know. Oh, geez. Although I don't know, that. you know, you know, I've lived an, an interesting life, so it may just be a cumulative... Um, Sludge. <laughs> just, just sludge. 
Uh, just all this crystal youth. meth caked on to my brain <laughs> from the 70s. Uh, I never I did crystal meth. I've done a lot of things, but never that. No. I was just listening to an interview with uh, Andrew Wheel, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, essentially the guy who in, you know invented integrative medicine. And when he was first starting to study drugs and psychedelics, there were still a couple chemical companies in the U.S. who would send you like, you know, meth in the mail. Like if you just, he wrote a letter to a chemical company saying he was a researcher and they just sent him a bunch in the mail. Well, you could get it. You could get like truck drivers could get it legally, I think. Right. Mm, I mean, whatever that was, like we called it trucker speed, but But even brought up that drug in in the conversation, like ephedra, how it used to be, you know, it's like actually a very useful thing that that can be put in different stuff. But of course, like, you know, Americans just hijacked it to (laughs) make sure that truckers can stay up for 22 straight hours or something. I remember, dude, I remember when they first started releasing Red Bull. And all the touring people I knew were like, wait, 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 really? Right. Like they're selling trucker speed to like everyone now? Yeah. You know? And and I mean, dude, caffeine is some serious shit. Like if you don't think the the Red Bull Starbucks fascination in America has had anything to do with the fact that we're all fucking flipping out all the time, <laughs> it's got to have something to do with it, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got it. Yes. caffeinated, just mad on social yeah. media, no one to talk to, just stewing, going crazy. <sighs> well, speaking of which, what are school drugs social medias? You can find them at Instagram and Twitter at school drugs NJ. I have no idea what the NJ stands for. Um, Fuck off. And uh, Josh is, uh, wait, Josh has a just has an Instagram. I think he is the school drugs Instagram. Of course, they're on Indecision Records. Um, oh, I took a trip down memory lane with Indecision Records. The yeah. Guilty by Association compilation came uh, out in 1995, all California hardcore bands. And I listened to it a lot. <laughs> and doing the research for this, nice. I uh, took a nice trip down memory lane with some random songs that I haven't heard in 20 years. For sure. So yeah, find us at Going Off Track everywhere you get your social media, including mm-hmm. the dot com of the web. And uh, mm-hmm. if you want to become a part of the gang, yeah, and by gang I mean a patron, give us money. Yeah, I mean if you're still here, two hours and ten minutes into it, like yeah, you might yeah. as well. You at might want to get uh, this episode, you know, yeah, ad free and maybe some bonus. You've already emotionally bought in, you know? So now just... Just go to patreon.com slash going off track and see if there's anything there that floats your boat. You can chat with us on Thursday night in the Discord chat where we oh, yeah. uh, kind of vet all of Benny's problems. Or actually, no, I would say um, our, some of our our dearly beloved patrons' problems more than Benny. Benny, Benny, Benny is the therapist. I got. I got to be honest. I've been finding them to be the. I, I find our group on Thursday nights to be a very nice, interactive group. And when anybody almost, you know, says something vulnerable, they need a little help. People are no, they're really happy to talk about. Amazingly it and supportive to, and happy to help. And yeah, you know, I think it's important. Like 
get a bunch of messed up people being able to talk about being messed up. It's <laughs> good. It's a good thing. This is a safe place for freaks and weirdos. I want everybody to know that. I know I wear like, you know, Brooklyn Nets hoodies and you might think I'm a normal guy or something, but no, 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 no. He's twisted, a freak. Twisted, pained, He's freaky, a can't weirdo. sleep. All the things. All the what things. the hell is he doing here? Brad knows. He's been on a text conversation. In this normal fucking podcast. Wow. You are good. Uh, I think it's time for me to go get some dinner and then yeah. come back and edit this biatch. Let's do it. We will see you again. Bye. Bye.